0: Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics. Fad isn't here to do it in the funny boys, and I didn't want to put you on the spot, Dan. <laughs> um, just Fad wasn't able to join us this particular uh, recording, so I have with us our own uh, fundamentals, Dan. Say hello.
1: Hello, I'm back.
0: <laughs> and today's episode is going to be a little bit different. There's a lot of stuff going on in the sort of business side of the landscape, and I figure it'd be interesting to talk about because there's a lot of stuff that has potential to change everything. There's some stuff that has happened that will change everything. Some of it pretty stupid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to start off with the first one, and that's the um, DOJ revising, looking at the uh, what's called the Paramount Consent Decrees. Mm-hmm. Okay, what this is, is a 70-year-old Supreme Court ruling that basically said studios could not own theaters. Yeah. This is an antitrust law. And it should be clear, the DOJ at this point is not doing anything. They're looking at a Mm -hmm. bunch of antitrust laws.
1: Well, and as as people, I don't know if people uh, understand the... Uh, I don't know how much people who listen might have looked at the way movie studios used to run things back in the golden age when they did own theater chains.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, they used to, they did own a lot of things. Um, it used to be, the studios, when I say they owned everything, I'm not being hyperbolic. They owned everything. Nope. also understand that the notion of a nationwide release or wide release is a pretty, pretty relatively new thing. Like, that's only, Mm -hmm. like, within the last 30 or 40 years. It used to be they would go almost on, like, a trip throughout the country, and Mm -hmm. they would take the cast with them, and they would do, like, little premieres at different, like, big cities. Yeah. And, let's see, I believe that was called circuit dealing. And basically, they Mm -hmm. would just, or, or overboard clearance in which they would... Say you didn't want Gone with the Wind playing in Detroit or the Midwest, so you would just skip the Midwest. So if you lived in Mid- Midwest, you just didn't get Gone with the Wind. Yeah. And so one of the biggest movies ever, you have no, you you don't get to see.
1: Hmm.
0: But, but the most controversial, which thing is still kind
1: did, of true for some art videos, but that's a art movies. That's a whole different problem.
0: That's a whole different <laughs> problem, and that's also we'll get to that too because the way movies are handled now is also idiotic. Yeah. Um. The most controversial thing they did was something called block booking. And what studios used to do is say they had a Gone with the Wind. They would go to the theater and said, since we own you, but we don't, they owned, it's not like a franchise to some degree. Mm -hmm. Like the the theater manager could decide what he wanted to do with the lobby, but the theater, but the studio decided what movie they played. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the theater manager really had no say in the matter. They would come to him and say, you want Gone with the Wind? Oh, God, yes. Sweet. You're going to play 40 of these crappy movies, too. Yeah. And to some degree, that still goes on. Um, Yeah. Most theaters do not choose, your local theater even, do not choose what movies they play. That is decided by someone else higher up in the corporate chains. They don't decide what they play. They don't decide when to get rid of it. (coughs) There is oftentimes uh, deals they have to make. When Last Jedi came out, I remember Disney said you had to play this movie only in your biggest theaters. Yeah. The whole day, so they had a yeah. they did block booking essentially, but since it wasn't a like we'll, we'll play this movie, it was legal.
1: Yeah, and, and Disney is Disney is really the one pushing the the kind of return to the golden age style of film control with the way they mandate the star Wars movies and the way they mandate the, um, Marvel. uh, the, the Marvel, and not just the size of the theaters, but the, the way they're supposed to be projected, you know, the, what previews like it's, they, they have a, I mean, a lot of artsy directors have rules they want you to follow for their projection. Um, I know David Lynch has a lo- like a big old list of things you're supposed to do technically, but uh, Disney does it just because they're trying to make, sh- just as a way to control and maximize their profit.
0: It's one of the things where, I'm going to tell you this as a projectionist, they may have a lot of rules they want you to do, we're going to play it.
1: There's only, <laughs> we,
0: we only have control over so much. Yeah. Um, at, and even then, um, the trailers we play... That is decided, like, the day before the movie is released. The day before the movie plays is when we get a trailer report, and that's when we have to make the trailer packs. And so, all that stuff is, like, last-minute decisions. You would think they would know this beforehand, but that's beside the point.
1: Uh, This
0: has the potential to go sideways in a very real way because the other thing the studios used to control was ticket pricing. Oh, yes. And even now, like I said, theaters don 't really make up that they have a, a the corporation that owns that theater decides ticket pricing but mm-hmm. even then, if the studio decides that as of right now, the way ticket pricing works is there 's a sliding scale profit share mechanism um, the longer the movies in theater, the more the actual theater that makes the short and like for the first like ninety days or so, first month or so, the studio gets the majority of the profits the longer it 's out. It starts to slide. Yeah. If the studio well, owns the theater, then they're going to be like, "Well, sweet. Well, this costs two hundred fifty million dollars. We're going to find a way to get that money back."
1: Mm-hmm. And it, it's what happened to what's going to if they if they go through this is what will happen to movies. I think is what will happen. What happened to to airlines uh, in the in the thirty or so years since they got deregulated under Reagan is the um, as the competition shrank, as you know the. As all that happened, they were able to charge higher and higher price- prices because they were the only real games in town. Now it's easier to just have, start a movie theater and run a movie theater on your own, uh, but I still think it's going to happen. I think a lot of this uh, sort of race to the—I wouldn't say bottom—but the way that all of the movie theaters are racing to increase comfort and stuff—that might reverse as the as the as companies instead of trying to co- make an experience, they're trying to. Pack as many people in to see their movie at once as they can for their astronomical prices.
0: Which they used to try to do. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> only the, the prices one is astronomical. And it should be noted, much like the airlines, I would say even more so, and this is like Broadway. Broadway has basically almost yeah. priced itself into elitism.
1: Yeah, no one can see. I love Broadway. I love musicals. I've never seen a Broadway musical in person because it's insane. It's
0: like you can maybe if you're lucky you can do it like you can find a matinee possibly for like maybe 20 bucks but it's not going to be a good seat and good luck because the show would have to be something like phantom and the opera something that's been out for so long that no one cares
1: yeah but yeah i think yeah
0: and that i think is what i think as i see right now that is i see the real danger because more and more I have people tell me, tell my manager that she'll lower the prices. I'm like, they have no control over that. Thank you, though. But, like, whenever we have, like, our little meetings, I'll be like, okay, for this movie's coming out the holidays, we're going to bump up the prices an extra 50 cents. And then, sure enough, they almost never go back down. Mm-hmm. And it's just, whenever we have big movies like Star Wars or Marvel, the prices go up to, like, 19 bucks.
1: Well, and the other thing is, you know, to... Broadway's credit, I think, in the way that they operate with that pricing is um, there's still a degree of variety in artistic uh, expression and size of musicals and what they're doing. Um, While in movies, it's clear that the studios that would be taking over is they really would lose a lot of incentive to put out Small artistic movies. Um, This would probably do a lot of damage to uh, art cinema, art theaters as a as a concept. But you know why? You know why try to fill your why try to half fill your your theaters with uh, people for some artsy movie when you could with some popcorn thing.
0: Well, I would argue the arts of movie, as as we're talking about it, like we think of 90s indie cinema, that's been dead for quite some time.
1: Well, okay, that's fair. Um,
0: the notion of that, that's going to be stuff, oddly enough, you are going to find on Netflix. And it's this weird thing why I know critics are against Netflix, but most of the indie artists love Netflix because Netflix, for all its problems, tend to just leave people alone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Netflix, but Netflix is is running into the... A similar tech bubble with with throwing money at things that like a lot of tech things are running into right now, like like Movie Pass.
0: Well, here's the thing, you know what Netflix makes mo- all this profit from? Physical copies not... DVDs.
1: Oh, oh, really?
0: Yeah, like they kind of lose money on the streaming, but the physical thing that still sells. So. <laughs>
1: Well, and, and, you know, I think... and Really, they follow the... There's a lot of incentive, I think, in people buying... There's a lot of theory that people buy all these subscriptions, like Netflix, and then just don't use them enough to justify the cost. Like a gym membership.
0: Right. Well, I think that was what MoviePass was counting on.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of ourselves. Uh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's fine, but... This leads into something else I wanted to talk about, which is the $71.6 billion acquisition of Disney buying 20th Century Fox. Really? One of the oldest and largest film archives in existence. It is, it makes Disney, I now think, if I remember correctly, a 40%, they own 40% of the landscape mm-hmm. And Understand that 20th Century Fox Like I said It's one of the Original It used to be Fox movie talks. It's one of the Originals too Big three Yeah And it's one of the Things where people Are talking about Well now The Marvel Universe Can be expanded And I'm like Yes but It's not gonna have Any real We think they have Problem taking chances Now yeah. I understand the only reason they're making Black Panther two is because it made seven hundred million dollars.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, you're you're gonna get safe, expensive movies. And and it's not even to say that you're gonna get movies that are big and expensive and 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 interesting, like uh Guardians of the Galaxy is not necessarily what a film snob would say is a da- a daring movie, um, or a a really uh, big experiment. But right. compared to what the other Marvel movies are, uh, which are a lot more plastic wrapped and a lot more, uh, you know, made for easy consumption. You know, films like Guardians of the Galaxy or even films like the Thor movies are a little bit out of their mainstream, and they well, do that as a way to. Uh, make their add variety to their slate
0: a film snob would say that a film snob would be wrong because uh, <laughs> honestly when when you look at a movie you really just have to look at what is it trying to do yeah. and so like Black Panther is the best comic book movie that Marvel's ever made because yes it does have, hit all the normal Marvel beats but it does it better and within those mm-hmm. beats it finds other grease notes that the other movies have never even thought of doing and yeah. he does things within a frame, telling a, a color story and everything that is just leagues beyond anything. With Guardians too, you have a rich sort of emotional complexity that other Marvel yeah. movies don't do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And honestly, I know everyone, this is huge controversy. We're not going to get too much into it because that's a different episode entirely. With Rehiring James Gunn.
1: Oh, was that confirmed? I heard rumors.
0: No, 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 no. They're not actually going to do that.
1: Oh, okay, thank you I don't
0: believe for a second they're going to do that. No. Because they just bought 40% of the landscape. <laughs> because they don't need to. Like, you, like, yeah. you, you, know, you can call for a Disney boycott or a Marvel boycott, yet you're still going to have to see one of their movies. They're going to own a streaming service that has 80% of your movie. You can't boycott them if they own everything. They, yeah. There's less reason for them to answer to you.
1: Well it's just and it's it's the way things are nowadays. It's not you can't get away from from well, especially Disney. I mean uh now that they've done this merger, I mean they own like forty like thirty or forty percent of Hulu and you know, everything ABC I mean, everything ABC has its fingers in, like the, the amount of stuff that Disney benefits from is insane.
0: Well, And this is important. And now with Fox,
1: it's even worse.
0: Right. (laughs) It doesn't get better with this. And the notion of we're going to get, I don't think we're going to be getting more comic book movies. I think we'll be getting less, if that makes any sense. Because
1: they're not going to want to
0: compete with themselves. They're not going to want to dilute the market. They've already decided we don't need to go to Comic-Con anymore. Yeah. we can just have our own and to some degree the independence isn't good but to also some degree like I said we are not going to be able to really force them to do anything you want more representation that's great but yeah if a movie bombs that's fine they still have 200 trillion dollars over here
1: What what they'll do is they'll probably switch to a rotation model where they'll have each phase will have certain new characters that will appear in that phase only and then well, Kevin move, Feige uh, is then, you said then you won't see much. them again for a few more phases.
0: Kevin Feige has already said the the next Avenger movies will not be the end of a phase. It will be the end. Of, it will be an end of a period. Mm-hmm. And that's already, I think, changing what they originally said they were going to do. I don't think Infinity War is something they've had planned out for 18 years. I think they figured it out probably like a year or two ago, and that's when they did it. And they probably couldn't say anything because corporate law and merger... Uh, decorum precludes you from going oh yeah we have a possibility this deal's going through so hey guess what guys this might be a thing but now that this is all but finalized they're like yeah guess what everything's changed
1: well plus the whole reason why the, the only reason people are uh, want, uh, the only stupid reason people want this their action figures to play together they want their <laughs> X-Men with their Fantastic Four with their Avengers but the whole reason why we don't already have that is because Disney many years lobbying for copyright law to be draconian and you know like infinite and um, you know the the contracts that Marvel signed with, with all the companies back in the day are still holding up because of Disney
0: well and this is the interesting thing about the revisitation of the Paramount Consent Decrees the reason the DOJ is looking at them is because they're open ended and they're like, "Well, the landscape has changed. This is 70 years old. This is not 1948 anymore. The way we go to the movies is fundamentally different." Now, I'm not saying that the, the I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that someone in the Department of Justice, underneath the presidency of Donald Trump, is going to come out on our side. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the reason they're giving is a plausible reason.
1: Yeah. I just it's 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 hard to. You know, and and it's hard to tell because Disney is very back and forth on their um, on a lot of stuff. I mean, look at, look at how they, you know, they handled the L.A. Times thing with.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: you know they they those, they're very good at. For those of you, of you don't
0: know, Disney essentially tried to strong-arm the L.A. Times from dropping a story that put Disney in an unflattering light when they revealed abuses and stunted pay wages and sort of how they treated the the workers. Yeah. And so basically the L.A. Times was like, well, fine, we're just going to boycott you. And they got Disney to buckle.
1: Yeah. But that's the thing is, like, Disney will say that they're going to keep fox searchlight and they say they're going to keep making these films They say they won't touch anything up until the point and they do you know right. they're they're very, they're very that's kind of what disney does is keep they stay they play on the fact that they're disney and then get away with a lot of stuff because of the, the cachet that has and then you know drop it quietly and then no one notices because of something happening
0: well amazon used to really be into the independent movie business And then, like, uh, earlier this year, like, yeah, we're we're done with that. We're going to only focus on big blockbusters. And all of a sudden, all the stuff that, like, all the streaming services will save us. That will be the indie people. All of a sudden, we see the streaming services go, you know what? Screw it. Let's just go for the big action stuff. Let's go for the big budget stuff. And now the indie stuff is almost like breadcrumbs. You have to find it wherever you can find it. Yeah. A24 does a pretty good job, but even then like they have uh, they have to do a really good marketing push in order for you to find it.
1: Yeah and that's the thing is it's not I think that there's a misunderstanding of film and art when people are talking about this subject where they think that somehow this will kill independent c- cinema because um, I don't I, just like any sort of indie art or or I don't think it's going to kill it it'll just make it harder to find.
0: Yeah, nothing kills if you live, independent if, cinema.
1: <laughs> if you live in a city, you're gonna be able to find an indie cinema forever. Yeah, um, what this does kill is it kills people who might want access to it, might be able to discover it in small towns in the Midwest or in the South, or even internationally. Uh, who, you know, really could see? I mean, imagine if the if the uh, new Hollywood people had been unable to see the French New Wave films.
0: Right. Well, and again, the French New Wave are people who grew up on the old 30s, 40s, and 50s movies. Yeah. They're the reason we take Hitchcock and John Ford and Howard Hawks and all of them seriously. Mm-hmm. So film really does require everyone to see all the movies. Like if there was that one joke of someone watches a Tarantino film and all of a sudden they become a film buff depressing to some degree but at the same time well that's what they find out about these people
1: yeah you, you trace the influences further and further exactly. when I wonder I when I wonder if you know for all of I, and again it's it's I, I don't I love I like a lot of movies, but you know you think about what and even the new even if you look at the new Marvel movies in comparison to the uh, the original trilogy and the seeing you know, lineage back through those movies is I think you see that less in these more modern blockbusters than you oh, do yeah. in independent cinema or in, in older blockbusters
0: the, the best Marvel movies tend to be the ones like like Spider-Man Homecoming Black Panther like the ones that are like movies that almost have nothing to do with the great big overall big bad like ones that yeah. are just interested in telling these little weird stories, and I, it's really odd that like that's Disney's version of independent cinema.
1: Yeah, and, and and they don't, and that's the thing is they don't really have. That's the thing about Disney, and and why it's a little almost more worrying is most of the I think all of the other big studios, or at least most of them, have a. A sub studio that makes indie, like like more artistic work.
0: Well, no, that's yeah. Um, most of them used to, well. They didn't used to have that. It was called Miramax.
1: Yeah, well, but the closest Disney has ever had is like maybe Touchstone. Right. Uh, but you know that's not really a thing anymore. Um, well, I
0: know. And most studios, um, when Batman v Superman, quote unquote, tanked, uh, the WB basically. Cut off the branch that was basically all the exciting new independent uh, little smaller films they were going to be doing for the next yeah. year, quarter. They got rid of those, and it becomes more and more of well, we put all this money into this. I guess we can't afford to make the little stuff,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is and there's
1: all good. Well, there's also this this sort of uh, there's this sort of talent control that Disney's also doing that you're seeing with with their movies, and you're seeing. Uh, Fox, uh, you're seeing Warner Brothers do it a little bit with with increasingly with the DC movies, where you know the the auteurs who would create a series of class of uh, classic films like Tarantino did, uh, Rodriguez did, um, or like art- artists used to you know, before they got really big, or even as they got big, still staying independent is they'll make one movie that does fairly well, or even doesn't, uh, but as is, is <laughs> has good has good buzz um, and then they'll immediately get snapped up and put on a blockbuster and then basically they are it's 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 basically like being in the old studio system they're basically now they they are working with attached to this cinematic universe they're kind of trapped into it because they have to keep working there and so they don't have that time to keep working their own vision they're immediately part of the system
0: and also that also as a low budget filmmaker you run into a lot of problems that and i've talked about this before and you become adept at solving those problems. If you make one low-budget film and then immediately get put on a $300 million budget movie and you can just throw money at the problem, you you lose tools in your toolbox. If that makes any sense. Yeah. You become less able to deal with maybe Roblox, like with studio notes or something like that. Yeah. If you've always been able to like, the more you work on your own, the more you're able to outmaneuver someone. It's like, okay, you can't have that scene. Well, right, I'll figure out a way to get that scene in some other way. Then. Yeah,
1: I mean, some of the best, some of the best movie choices came from, you know, independent filmmakers fucking up and having to improvise. Right. Well, not a little uh,
0: but... Yeah, go on. Studios have always meddled with movies, but yeah. You have to understand when the studio meddling is helping or hurting, and then be able yeah. to plan, have a plan of attack to help correct the cause. I know when John Ford was making How Green Is My Valley, he knew the studio was eyeing him and didn't want him on the project. And so basically what he did was he shot no coverage, which essentially means he only shot the shots he wanted to use in editing. So that means yeah. if he got taken off, the only way they could edit the movie was the way he wanted it to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And well, unless you've worked within a system for a long time, and have, and at the same time, like done any movies, you you have to have experience to deal with the studio. Is what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: Well, and even I think, and I think there's a lot of focus, of course, on the, the production effects directors. But I think it's inter- I think the, the talent end of things is a little bit, at least the in front of the camera talent is a little bit uh, complicated. I mean, look at the way that the James Gunn firing affected the cast of Guardians and the way right. they they, acted. Um, you know, these people who, these, the actor. you know, it's, it's again, it's, I it's I think people really need to, you know, there's a really good podcast called You Must Remember This that does really good old uh, Hollywood stories or just do some research on the way that the studio system used to work and the way that we're getting closer to it. It um, is
0: eerily sort of similar, only without the benefits of the older system.
1: Yeah, well, and the, 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 yeah, there's no, yeah, they're not, like, trying to beef up their big movies with, like, or they're not little stuff. I mean, luckily there's not as much outright abuse, uh, at least as bad as it used to be. Uh, well. <laughs> can't say it's got better, but, uh, <laughs> my, but my, I mean, especially with the way the, the, the cinematic universe model has started and the way that these contracts form, it, it's not uh, it's not much different from the the sort of contracts where that you know Judy Garland signed uh with uh you know with, with 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 Hal Roach or whatever where you know she was basically owned by that studio for 10 years and they controlled everything about her life her image her everything yeah uh you know it's not much different when people these people are signing on to, for, to be you know Captain America for 20 years.
0: We'll also understand, it's interesting you bring up Captain America because Chris Evans wants out. Yeah. Because he loves playing Captain America, but don't get me wrong, it's a nice paycheck. But he's made at least two movies, and I think the only one anyone ever saw was Snowpiercer. They didn't see the one he directed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, but, I mean, our, Robert Robert Downey Jr. has been wanting out for a while. They just keep like bringing him in and lessening his... Roles in movies so that they can keep him around without, you know, making him feel like he's carrying as much as he used to. I mean, no more Iron Man movies, but he's still showing up a lot.
0: Right. Also, to be fair, your generation has no idea how lucky you are to have a sober Robert Downey Jr.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is true, that is true. I, uh, I have only ever known the good Robert Downey Jr., so.
0: <laughs> you didn't know, hey, oh look, Chaplin, that looks like an interesting movie. Where'd he go? Oh, he's in
1: jail.
0: (laughs) Well, I guess he won't be getting that Oscar.
1: Yeah.
0: Speaking of Oscars, holy crap, that was a really good segue. I'm actually really proud of myself. There we go. (laughs) Got him. So the Oscars have made an announcement in a further attempt to raise the ratings of the award ceremony.
1: Uh, Uh, That's what it's about, right? Ratings, not rewarding filmmakers well, it's about radio. To ratings, some degree right? I
0: understand why this is important because they have scholarships and the grants that they do that are funded by the actual telecast.
1: But I mean yeah, I don't know.
0: That's like the they've one got, thing they got been too with. much
1: goddamn money they can the movie industry can fil- can <laughs> they can pay those without having to worry about the Oscars. Right. Well anyway. no. <laughs> what, what what
0: bothering me is this is an award show to reward that Hollywood does to reward themselves. And now we're getting into this weird sort of almost Twilight Zone meta thing where they're like, well, how can we also entertain the audience who is not us, who are also watching at home, watch us pat ourselves on the back about movies we want them to see, but also bring in the movies that really aren't that good, but they saw.
1: Which I think does make a degree of sense. I think really, out of all the award shows, the only one, in theory, have as much broad appeal to the Oscars as the Grammys, um, who tend to do pretty well in the rating, because everybody sees movies. Um, They're not niche. Like, the Tonys, only theater geeks watch the Tonys. Only country music people watch the CMAs. Um, But, you know, everybody in theory can watch the Oscars and say, oh, I've seen a movie this year.
0: (laughs) Well... The irony is the way they want to set up the new Osco telecast is very much along the lines of what the Tonys do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cut out the boring bits, quote-unquote, and have have them do that during the commercials, and then edit those back in at a later showing.
1: Which, to an extent, is kind of fair, because I think the people who... I mean, like, I, I like the technical stuff, but I... Am much more aware of the goings on in the movie business than the, like than say my mom is, who would much rather just watch the interesting parts.
0: Right. Well, one of the things they're doing is adding a new category. <laughs>
1: yeah. This most one. This pop- is the this is the part that I'm kind of iffy on. The shortening, I I understand. Uh, the, the this new bit is mm, go on.
0: So the category is most popular film, which. You would think that's what the Best Picture would be, but that's beside the point. The thing that makes no sense is, you you are eligible to be nominated for Best Picture and Most Popular Film, or Overall Most Popular Film, or whatever the hell the name of the category is. Mm -hmm. Now, what I don't understand is, there have been people, like myself, demanding that that the Academy... Broaden the horizons by adding in such categories as best stunt performance, or best oh, stunt God, work, yes. or best um, whatever Andy Serkis does. I forget what that's called um, motion capture. Motion capture performance. The, the and Globes they said, do no, that, no. no, no.
1: really
0: cool. We, no, 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 we can't do that. We, we don't have the time, or we can't create more categories. And then they do this, and I'm like, and of all the things you could have added, you add essentially the Team Choice Awards version
1: yeah people's choice the the thing about the, the thing about the popular the popular bit is it both confirms the elitism of the best picture category right. which it shouldn't have especially because they expanded it to 10 like they, I think they should bring it back down to like 5 or 6 like it used to be now they the have this the whole point new, of
0: having 10 was so you wouldn't have to do this
1: yeah like the whole point was we could do stuff like give throw a bone to. Logan or Get Out or The Dark Knight. Um, I mean, Logan didn't get nominated, but it should have been. That's a whole. Go back to our talk last year. Um, (laughs) uh, I could give these films that aren't necessarily as, you know, hoity toity critic loves that are still very high quality and also people watched. Right. Um, It's not all Phantom Threads, which I think only you watched in the whole world. Um,
0: Phantom Thread was amazing, and it's not my fault. (laughs) You didn't go see it, all right? It was fantastic. (laughs) It takes a beautiful. Beautiful but, weird turn.
1: But the other thing is, I think what this does is it, it inherently it I don't want to use this term in 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 artfully, but it kinda it ghettoizes a certain subset of films in the way that Best Animated Picture kind of did as well. Right. Where there are films that come out that are incredibly good movies. Incredibly good films that just happened to be animated like right. Miyazaki Spirited Away or, you know, I mean, Beauty and the Beast back in the day. Uh, luckily that was, they, they created that because of Beauty and the Beast because an animated film was so good. It broke into their elite best picture nominees, just like the dark Knight. And now a, any film is never going to be as good because it's going to be stuck in, in, in the animated competing with boss baby. <laughs> and like that's what happened this year. You had boss baby Competing with uh, a film by the people who by with the the breadwinner and with, uh, you know, really good films and you're gonna get that with his popular film thing. You're gonna get films that are like Logan or Get Out, honestly, competing with Suicide Squad.
0: Uh, Like my issue is, say a movie gets nominated for most popular, and. And it should have been nominated for Best Picture. If it wins Most Popular, and, okay, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's pretend Black Panther gets nominated for Most Popular. If it wins Most Popular, then the people who think Black Panther is a mediocre movie are going to say, well, it didn't win an actual Oscar.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Now, if it had won... Best Picture, and say Infinity War got nominated ugh, for Most Popular. The argument would be, eh, it won an Oscar, but Infinity War won Most Popular, so that's what mattered. It creates an idiotic schism.
1: <laughs> well, and that's the, but that's the argument people have always made with the Oscars is, you know, they they're not, and I, they're not worth watching because they only not they don't nominate films people watch. Right. They don't nominate Infinity War. They don't nominate. All this stuff, um, but I mean, they do nominate big films. I mean, like yeah. Get Out, and and uh, and you know, there's a lot of films. And, and like you said, the whole the Dark
0: Knight got nominated.
1: <laughs> well, and like you said, I think, I think we've talked about. We mentioned this episode. Well, I mentioned last Oscar episode is. I think a lot of people are stuck in the '90s auteur yeah. concept of 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 films that are good have to be. These weird, hard-to-understand, weird movies right. and not movies that people – and that no one goes to see them. They're only right. popular because of three art guys in New York say they're good. When that's not true, there's art- artistic movies being made that are making billions of dollars. Um, my my issue with the popularity one as well is I wonder what the metric is.
0: Right. Like, do you go by box office, or do you go by the tomato schools? Do you go by cinema Because, scores? like,
1: <laughs> there are Tyler Perry films that do fantastic in 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 the South and with black with black audiences, but don't make a dent in in white audience in any other culture audiences. But because they're so popular, they still make a lot of money and are right. very popular, but only in one part of the country. As opposed to, and there's other movies that only only appeal to white people, right? Um, and you know, and there's also movies where, like, just going to be like just a uh, just gonna be Transformers movies because China goes ape shit for those, uh, and they <laughs> well, you know, they, will, they can you know will like Pacific Rim was China would it be in that category with a with a film that did very well in America? Like, it is a whole mess of issues here,
0: right? And it's like, and now to be fair, according to the article I read, it wasn't really clear. The saying the it won 't take place till twenty twenty, and i don 't know if they mean the scheduling or the category itself, because also by the way, how do you only announce one category change like what 's like that's the laziest attempt of overhaul ever
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: like the like you didn 't also the oh, by the way we also have best kiss MTV movie awards.
1: Yeah, just just make it the MTV Movie Awards. Give away surfboards, like, for God's sake. At least those are useful. You can't do anything with the Oscar statues.
0: (laughs) Well, you can when it comes to negotiating your next salary, but... Yeah, that's fair. At the same time, like, my issue to a little bit of pushback is we need, like, movies that are more popular. I would agree, but half the time, the people who go see the movies, like, the only reason they know Moonlighting exists, not Moonlighting, Moonlight, sorry... Moonlight exists it's because of the Oscars there's like it's really hard to get people to get off the butt to go see a movie that is different, yeah, and I that has to be a compromise. I just don't think most popular is the compromise, especially when you're yeah. so vague as to what you even mean by popular,
1: yeah, I think that to counter elitism in the academy is not um. Segregating popular movies further, sort of giving them a bone. Uh, it's you know, see, I mean, and they they seem to moving toward like the thing is they seem to be moving closer and closer to under to like they, they were so close in this past Oscars right to understanding like they were this close. Uh, it's it's like they were so close with Get Out and with uh, Shape of Water and with I mean even the Logan nomination and stuff they they were they were. You know, so close to getting that—that there's movies that don't fit into their narrative that are very good and very popular. Shape of Water, two
0: hundred million (laughs) dollars.
1: Yeah, as a weird, and that's the thing is, you know, I hear people. I mean, Corey and I were talking about it, and she mentioned, you know, they don't want to let genre films into their Oscars, but they have increasingly in recent years.
0: Right. Well, they they, used to do it a lot in the uh, the old days, and then they stopped, and then recently they've been sort of slowly getting it. And then the most popular thing comes in, I'm like this makes no sense. You were right there.
1: I mean, the the three movies that have won the most Oscars uh, and have done very well at the Oscars are a Bible historical epic, a <laughs> cheesy historical romance, and fucking Return. Um, you know my favorite movie of all time, and it. Oh, Dan, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I mean, I, I mean, they gave. I mean, you watched that movie. It got eleven Oscars. Now, I mean, they were technical, but it's eleven Oscars. Right. They swept. You yeah. know, and uh, no one's come close to that. And yet, still, they, but you know, if you moved that to nowadays, if they released *Return of the King* in twenty nineteen, it would get put in popular film category, not anywhere else. It, would, it wouldn't win Best Picture. It wouldn't win Best, It might win Best Director win but, Best Picture because it would be popular.
0: Well, not only that, but uh, I think I saw a tweet: uh, Louis Patels like they basically just gave a category for most hostile fan base. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's gonna be all DC movies, then, right, right? It's gonna
0: be DC Star Wars, and like this, like this increasingly gives them like more of a reason to vent. Yeah, and like this is like this is so like short sighted. I was, like, I want to be like in favor of this because I understand what they're trying to do. But this is like the most blunderous way to have done so.
1: Oh. Hello? Okay, sorry. Okay. sorry. One of us <laughs> dropped out. Sorry.
0: <laughs> we'll figure who that out. We'll figure that out later on. As of right now, okay. it's like it feels like and this is like the most like the clumsiest and awful way to have done this was this. It feels like the worst yearbook a t- attempt to find best so-and-so in a, at the end of a yearbook ever.
1: Yeah. When to be fair, clumsy, clumsy and an artful is kind of the Academy's like, motto. So,
0: <laughs> Well, considering they were never meant to be taken this seriously to begin with, the other thing yeah. they're changing is when the are airing the Oscars, which I'm actually okay with. Mm-hmm. Because it disrupts the idea that all the awards shows are building up to an awards show.
1: Yeah, which is good, um, especially for me as someone who covers the award show season. <laughs>
0: um,
1: what I think, I think it's interesting is the 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 Oscars are kind of because I really saw this year. I think the Golden Globes have gotten a lot of attention because they both made really good choices in their nominations and in their the way they handle their broadcast. Uh, you know, diversity of subject matter, but you know as, as the oscar and so the oscars are trying to compete with that and trying to compete with and the thing is they're undercutting it i think with this new category because ostensibly they're the responsible older brother of the award season they're the right. respectable you really want an oscar it's it's class and it, and there's nothing wrong with that you know there's nothing wrong with i think a little bit of that elitism in artistic circles
0: right
1: um but they're, and so, but it move, adjusting the broadcast, I think is fine. Right. Um, but adjusting the awards themselves is where you start undercutting the entire point of the Oscars.
0: Well, it's funny that people love the Golden Globes so much because the Golden Glo- Globes don't fund. Everyone knows it's just a bunch of people uh, who just want to hang out with famous people and get drunk. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. no hint of respectability with the Golden Globes.
1: Yeah. Right, I mean, but 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 the award itself. I mean, despite jokes in Futurama about it being the Emmy of movie awards, <laughs> um, it's still voted on by you know global international film journalists. Like, it's still an award that has yes merit. You know. Most
0: but, I mean, people it's, who it's, make up the Golden Globe, the Hollywood Foreign Press, it's sort of a yeah. nebulous thing. Well, like they may call themselves <laughs> global film journalists. They wrote one article that year.
1: I mean, I, I think I think they should. I think uh, Corey and the editors should move the fundamentals to like, like Canada, so that we can get we can become gold. So we can become Golden Globe uh, foreign <laughs> press voters. Um.
0: <laughs> it is such a the Golden Globes are such a bizarre thing. Like, if you were to tell me that a secret cabal of just desperately. People who graduated high school and desperately want to be considered popular would start up a journalistic circle, a circle jerk almost, and just yeah. invite famous people. And what can I have to do to nominate you? We have all but, the best alcohol over here. I would call the- you insane. Actually, <laughs> I would call you the Golden Globes.
1: <laughs> yeah, but we also – but the thing is that they understand the balance between films. You know, They have st- stunt categories. And they have uh, categories for musicals and for comedies. Right. Uh, it, it's not all. It's not as stratified um, as as the Oscars, but they also don't feel like it's segregated. Like you don't feel like a comedy film is where it doesn't belong, but right. also you don't feel like a best comedy is any worse than a best drama.
0: Right. But then you do have things where they have the motion
1: and best comedy. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a can of worms. <laughs> Well, like, I, that, I don't. I don't think bad classifications gonna go away in the Oscars <laughs> or in any any film category in any film thing. I mean, the Grammys don't know. Still don't know what new artist means.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. When you're watching a war show, there's a little bit of like you just have to take the gravy with the biscuits sometimes. Just,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Um, it's. the Golden Globes also have the unique ability of like, you know what, we're going to get a bunch of you here, we're going to get you drunk, and we're going to invite Ricky Gervais here to just say the meanest possible things about you. Yeah. And I think there's a little bit almost sort of like, I don't know, sort of like, ah, well, at least they're going to get the piss taken out of.
1: Yeah, it's fun. You know, it's, 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 I mean, it's really what, it's what Hollywood actually, the Golden Globes is what Hollywood actually is like. And the Oscars is what the Hollywood likes to pretend it is. Right. You know, Hollywood's mostly just a bunch of rich assholes do- drinking way too much and doing weird stuff in front of a camera <laughs> when they really, when, but they pretend that they're a bunch of very artistic uh, and put together uh, people who are making these great works of culture, um, right. which they're not necessarily, neither is necessarily a hundred percent true but there's a little. I think that, and I think that's why the Oscars have so much difficulty, difficult, like, because they kind of see a little bit, especially now that we see so much of them. Like we can see uh, Anne Hathaway in a it's sad because she ate the last donut, or we can see <laughs> Reese Witherspoon throw ice cream at Meryl no. Streep just <laughs> online. You know, it's not like the old days where we could still have these mythic. You know, we we were the there was this mythic Clark Gable or this mythic Joan, uh, you know Joan Crawford, who right. we knew about and we do, but we didn't know anything about them.
0: Right. You know, well, to some degree, I think we still don't. I think they just gotten better at hiding it, <laughs> because like yes, we see the Reese Witherspoon throwing an ice cream at Meryl Streep, but even that to some degree is performative sort of verite of just like, oh yeah, yes, yeah. I'm just like you. Look at this! I got it. Well, to, be,
1: to be fair, that turned out to, that was actually filmed being filmed for a TV show, but right. <laughs> it was still behind the scenes, sort of more humany than what right. we normally exposed. To. But yeah,
0: Anne Hathaway being sad about being a donut. Yes, she's like yes, but let's turn this into an Instagram moment.
1: Oh yeah, they're it's famous. Like, there's still they're, they a degree they it...
0: of PR around it. It's just, yeah, it's not to the point that we don't realize that Spencer Tracy is both gay and a blackout alcoholic.
1: Yeah. And even think about when we talked about Robert Under Jr. I mean, how many there? There are a lot less Hollywood fuck-ups nowadays, right? Um, like, the, I mean, the really the the thing that gets you killed in Hollywood right now is just being a creep. Thank God it's just being a creep and being you know rapey. Well, uh, here's the
0: thing: does that really get you killed though? Because as of right now, we only got about two people really suffering in the real. Consequences. No, that's
1: true. Well, yeah. Well, you know, they made a big deal about it. Um, right,
0: they made a huge deal really, because you know, they had to. And also, yeah. they should have because it's as a human being. How can you not?
1: And I think, and I think that's I mean, that, that's that's what the Oscars. That's what they've been doing. That's what they're still doing. Is they're really in damage control mode with right. pretty much everything about them. This year, it was <laughs> how do we, how do we do? You know, like like two years ago, it was, uh, you know, I mean, every year it seems like it's blockbuster films, but like this year, it was. Me too. And next year is going to be popularity films, and it's going right. to be—it's always going to be something that the Academy is going to be in trouble for, and right. they can't ever seem to actually solve their problems.
0: Well, it's funny. Uh, I'm not going to get into it. That's a long history thing. Never mind. But essentially, <laughs> right, it's, it's what—it's what happens when you've been around for as long as the Academy has, and for as long as movies have. There's a lot of just baked into the institution itself a lot of issues that are only now starting to thaw. And come into light. Yeah. Um, We only got about 10 more minutes, so we'll briefly touch on the up and down... The soap opera that is MoviePass. (laughs) Movie MoviePass started out as a scam, but one of the best scams I've ever seen pulled.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I I love... I have the utmost respect for MoviePass as... (laughs) Possibly one of the greatest anti capitalist schemes in history.
0: <laughs> it started out, get, one of these CEOs was the early CEOs of Netflix. And it's weird that he jumped from Netflix to theaters. Because, as he said, Netflix doesn't want you to go to the movies, which is fine. Because, and actually, Netflix almost doesn't even want to make movies anymore, they just want to do television. But, MoviePass was designed to get you back into theaters, but in such a way, they didn't really work with the theaters or the studios. They just Mm -hmm. bought the tickets, sold them to you for, like, a fraction of the price, and then tried to blackmail the theaters and studios by going, See, look at this. People will go to the theaters if you pay our price. Like, it was this Mm -hmm. really weird (laughs) backward attempt, and they were hoping that, A... That you would not use it. Yeah. Much like you said earlier, like like a gym membership. You if, keep, they you thought
1: didn't they had it. the gym model. But people hate going to the gym. People love going to the movies.
0: Right. And they were also betting that, yes, people on the, on the coast would go, but people in the Midwest wouldn't. Shockers of shock, guess what? People like going to the movies no matter where you live.
1: Yeah, well, I think there was also a banking, there was a bit of a banking on concessions being... MoviePass thought they would benefit from that, but I know that the making up in concessions was a big seller, selling point for them. No but worries, I, like, if I'm not... And, that, and that's true, spending 10 bucks on my ticket, I'm more likely to buy a $10 packet of M&Ms, you know?
0: The problem was, you couldn't schedule ahead with MoviePass. Yeah, you had to go to that theater on site, and as we learned towards the end, it became a crapshoot whether or not they'd even take you. But it's one of the things where, like, if you're rushing, like you don't want to stop at concessions. Yeah, unless you go to a theater that has twenty minutes of trailers, which is most of them. That's another podcast altogether. Yeah, but. It's only going to get better now that Disney owns 20th Century Fox. You'll get a lot more previews. Yep.
1: But they got to—I mean, they got to do that thing that is basically just catnip for angel investors. They got were disrupt. They were disrupting right. the—they uh, said we're going to disrupt the movie business—and half of the finance sector got a big old boner over it because that means money usually. Right. And so they just dumped cash into Movie Pass. They
0: dumped cash. And then eventually, well, I don't think Movie Pass will last. Although it's proven to be quite the cockroach and just refusing to die. Cinema has popped up, AMC Plus, or Stubbs, A Plus, whatever it's called, has popped up. Like subscription services have started to take hold. The notion of Movie Pass will live on.
1: Movie Movie Pass is kind of, uh, they are in some ways the Netflix. They're sort of a Netflix of their time and unfortunately they're not going to have the longevity of Netflix in that they came out of nowhere with a new model that really challenged the way people took in something. Right. And really, I think honestly, MoviePass is the best we're going to get. It's going to be the best of all possible worlds for the subscription services because I think these Oscars were so discussed and so I mean, the fact that there were memes about the shape of water and ladybird like there were there were film there were memes about films that in every other year would not
0: be memes. memed about right
1: or not be just talked about like people i know who are not movie people were talking about these movies mostly because they could go see them with movie pass
0: right well that's the thing like in new york i know a lot of people are like our house movies were reporting huge increases of attendance because now you could afford to go to more than just your local megaplex yeah and it's one, of, it's one of the things where MoviePass's biggest thing was A, they were trying to run a scam, and B, refused to work with the studios or theaters, and in the end sort of bit themselves, bit off more than they could shoot, realizing that the whole selling point was, don't worry, no one will really buy this.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and like, there's nothing kind of coming close to filling the void. And I think sometimes it's kind of comical to see what the uh how stupid a lot of the new um competitors coming out are. Um a <laughs> e- movie pass, even their new model, I think, is still pretty good compared to their competitors. I mean, Cinemark's is like laugh laughably terrible because it's 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 eight ninety nine and you get one ticket a month
0: right.
1: with a discount on a concessions. And then AMC's is you have to do three you have to you have to do sixty dollars for three months and you get three tickets a week.
0: Right. Well at the same time, unlike MoviePass, you get it from anything. Uh well, dropped a subscription 3 of three ninety nine a month.
1: Yeah, for one ticket. I mean seven nine for two tickets a month, that's not bad. Yeah. Um uh f- especially if you're I mean that's that's not a bad thing. Um
0: but you know it, it so, is weird that even with this like fifty percent hike movie pass is still a great deal,
1: yeah, well, and that's the thing is that they're doing they're still they still have their one pick ten dollars for one picket a day one ticket a day I mean that's thirty movies in a month, yeah for ten dollars i mean that's and that's optim that's if you were to maximize your thing you couldn't there's not enough movies for to do that. <laughs> uh, and it has and the movie pass still has all the deals with all, mo- most of the major theater chains you can find i mean i can find there's uh there's movie pass theaters in wichita uh that exist and i was surprised at that because i didn't figure it would make it out there right um but it did but neither did they <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but yeah no like that's that just shows you like sort of the, how out of control ticket pricing is when they can be like, yeah, no, fifteen bucks a month for uh, how many movies is it? How many movies a month
1: for which for which what movie pass? Movie pass. Uh, you can pay seven ninety five for three a month.
0: Okay, that's that's huge.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's better than Cinemia, and Cinemia has a sign up fee. Movie pass does not.
0: Right, it's like the only thing that I worry about is when Movie Pass, if it ever dies. The other subscriptions will stop playing around and start hiking up the prices. But again, as we've discussed, they can still hike them up, and they still be somewhat better off than just going to the movie and paying the almost twenty bucks. Sometimes it is yeah
1: because with with almost any of these, if you go, if you can go twice, you've made your money back. If you have a, if you have a well, if you have a multiple ticket a month, if you have a two ticket a month from Cinemia for instance, right? If you go if you use those tickets, you've already you've already made your money back you know, the only one that really doesn't is basically Cinemark. Um, and
0: Cinemark isn't really like, I don't know how big Cinemark is in terms of like how many theaters they have in the nation.
1: Well, they're also, they're just kind of, uh, from my experience, they're <laughs> kind of, they're a lot more like low, like they're not quite as nice they as the other theaters, you know, which if I'm going to be paying for a subscription. I'll be paying just to sit in, you know, the AMC nice, like re- recliners and, and, with all that stuff. Um,
0: well, which is funny because part of the thing is I, I remember people going, well, you know, at least when if the studios, get, uh, control of the theaters back, they'll make them into big palaces. I'm like, besides what they already are.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> and that's, I mean, that, there's a, there's a movie theater in Wichita that is famous, uh, because it is still, uh, White-gloved ushers and gold fixtures. It's very much a like a classic movie theater. And I think I
0: know which one you're talking about. I forget his name, but yeah, because I'm Warren. Focused. Yeah, there's
1: a there's a, there's a few Warren theaters, but that that's one of them. And it's uh, uh it's a really cool thing. And but and I think that's what people think that they're going to turn them into. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. honestly, I will I wouldn't be surprised if at some point movie theaters become. Very heavily subscription based rather than rather than, rather than being an outlier where you pay subscription to some like maybe if you pay the subscription service for Disney streaming uh thing that they're currently moving to with none of the damn with they're stealing all the good all the good stuff from other stuff other streaming services for um, maybe then you you if they own theaters you would get tickets to their theaters every couple you know a couple a month. That that's what that's what that's what I think would happen with the way things are going right now.
0: That wouldn't make sense. So it probably means it won't happen.
1: I don't know. I wouldn't put anything that makes money. I wouldn't put past Disney. <laughs>
0: well, at the same time, lowering prices would make money too. Yeah. Well. <laughs> all right. That's all the time we have. Thanks for joining me on this episode, Dan.
1: Happy to be here. All
0: right. Uh, we'll be back next time, hopefully with that. If not, I'll see if Dan can come back. <laughs> All right, with something to do, say goodbye, Dan.
1: Goodbye.
0: Goodbye, everybody.